Yay, I did it. Welcome, welcome, your backup plan tribe to another awesome, awesome podcast. I can't believe it. Um, another one. I, I, they just come out of the woodwork just like that. I can't believe how we have so many awesome, awesome guests. And today is like no other. We have a special, special guest today. Welcome your backup plan tribe. If you are new here, welcome to Talking Taboo with Tina, brought to you by your backup plan app. If you are new here, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel. We would love for you to be one of our subscribers. My name is Tina Ginn. I am an emergency preparedness coach, a financial expert an app developer of your backup plan app. And I'm located here in beautiful Vancouver, BC, Canada. Yes, a beautiful, beautiful week. Um, or should I say that? It's been over 45. We topped 48 Celsius yesterday in British Columbia, and which is probably around 100 and I want to say 116 Fahrenheit. So yeah, it's been crazy. Um, unbelievable temperatures. And today we are blessed with 32 Celsius. So 10, like almost 10 degrees difference. So it's incredible, incredible summer that we're starting off with this year. So welcome your backup plan tribe to our discussion, our conversation today. I'd like to welcome my German community listeners because I'd like to welcome United States and Canada, of course, our top listeners, and Germany and Ireland. So welcome, my German listeners. Um, meine deutsche Freunde sind unserem Podcast willkommen, wenn sie Kommentare haben couldn't see Gan Fagenstellen. Also, danke für deine Freundschaft. Thank you so very much for listening. And Ireland, I don't have an accent for you yet. I'm working on that though. So stay tuned because I'm going to definitely have a very good Irish accent for you. I'm going to have to get a little bit of training on that one. And Sweden, you too. I'm going to definitely have to work on the Swedish accent. So thank you, my listeners. Thank you. Thank you so very much for listening. I, I do want to thank you. And please like, share, and subscribe to all of your friends. We have such wonderful guests and tips and tricks. Um, also, our special guest today, because we're going to talk about trauma, uh, hypnotherapy, which is something that I've never personally explored but very, very interesting topic. We uh, focus on real, raw conversations with our listeners about their journey uh, from a life-changing event in their life. And so join me and dive heading up to your backup plan and what it does, what does your backup plan app mean to you? For some that are new here, it's your backup plan app puts your life all in one place. Everything that's all up in your head will be all in one place so that others can help you in the time of need. Um, in case of any unpredictable circumstance, while taking that 
painful aftermath out of that tragedy because you don't know when that flood is going to happen. You don't know when that earthquake is going to occur. And we certainly weren't ready for the pandemic that we've been experiencing the last few years. So were we prepared? No, we weren't. And those are prime examples. And of course, I'd like to use another example is the building that collapsed in Miami, Florida over the last week. I want to send my prayers and my love out to all those families and people that have experienced this horrible, horrible tragedy that I would not wish on anyone. So please, um, please everyone send out your prayers to all those survivors, all those people that are suffering right now, trying to find their loved ones um, after the building collapsed. Um, What's next? I want to remind you that we do have show notes on each of our episodes in our blog, which is yourbackupplan.ca. So if you're interested in learning more about our guests, then check out our YouTube channel in the description box below, somewhere down here, where you can like, share, and subscribe as well. And those will be our show notes for each of the episodes. You'll find our social links there for our guests and continue to follow and that, that way you can continue to follow their journey as well. The first thing I'd like to remind you is um, there are some things um, I, I'd like to share with you. We are going to start a fantastic giveaway. And these are so much fun. We're going to keep choosing our top reviewers to review some really cool Your Backup Plan merchandise that I'd love to send to you. If you'd like to leave a star rating on our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, as well as um, any comments that you would like to have, share, or if you have new ideas that you would like to uh, send our way about guest opportunities, please do. You will your name will be then entered into our draw each and every month. All right, so let's get excited. I'm so excited for this guest today. Uh, Janine Wirth, and she's coming to us from beautiful Germany. Yes, Germany. So there you go. She can also speak some German to us. So welcome. So welcome, welcome, Janine here. Oh, come on. There we go. <laughs> hi, Gina. Hi, hi. So this is Janine Wirth, and she's coming to us on a beautiful evening in Germany today. So thank you for coming on our show, Janine. I am so excited to hear more about you and your story. Um, a little bit about Janine is she is known as a trauma whisperer. She's a licensed uh, psychotherapist, a clinical hypnotherapist and business coach specializing in helping female entrepreneurs heal from painful life experiences because you've had a few yourself, Janine, and I'm so excited to get into your story. Unbelievable story. And I wanna say it reminds me of Wizard of Oz in so many, so many ways. Um, I feel that in your story, you had little red, glittery red shoes on that you clicked your heels and took you away from that scary, scary event that you had happened to you. So welcome to our show. And where did it all start for you? 
Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Well, You're welcome. I, I grew up, I was born and raised in South Africa. And there you get your driver's license when you're 18 years old. And the day that I got my driver's license, it was a Monday, I decided because I already had a car that I had bought in advance, you know, in anticipation of getting my license, I decided that I was going to go out with some friends that evening to a restaurant to celebrate the fact that now, you know, this huge milestone, it's like the beginning of your freedom and your adult life. But I never made it to the restaurant because in the parking lot, two armed men um, approached the car. As I bent down to get my handbag to want to exit the car, I looked up and there was an armed man at each window. And I had a friend with me and they basically forced us to climb over the seats so we didn't exit the car at all. And instead of just taking all our belongings and the car and leaving us there, they decided to take us with them. Oh. So, yeah, that was, I was like, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> were they scary? Like, was there, were they uh, like very aggressive or were they very calm in doing it? No, uh, one in particular was extremely aggressive. And I mean, they were armed, so we did what they told us to. And they drove us to the next town in this very secluded beach area. And when we got there, they were looking for rope in my car. But why would an 18-year-old girl have rope in her car? And I, of course, I didn't have any. So the aggressive one was getting really agitated. And he grabbed me by the arm and started pulling me up a sand dune. So I was standing at the top of this huge sand dune, looking down at his accomplice and my friend. And he then put his gun to my head and said, take off all your clothes. You know, and often people talk about the fight, flight or freeze reaction. And you never know what that's going to be until you get to that point. And my reaction was fight. You know, in that moment, I just felt this really intense rage. And I looked at him and I said, you will have to shoot me first. And I could see like the shock on his face because that's not how it's supposed to go. I'm supposed to cry, beg, plead, do whatever he tells me. And he was like, um, what now kind of thing. You really I caught think, him off guard. Yeah. In that moment, I used that opportunity to start speaking to his accomplice and telling him, you know, you've got all our belongings. Take the car. Just go. You've already got everything, you know. Back in the day, I had this huge Nokia that was like a brick, you know. I was like, you've got my phone, you've got my watch, you've got the money, just take the car and go. And they were then uh, speaking amongst themselves in their own native language, which I didn't understand. But Is that like a tribe then? Would it be a tribal language? Yes. In, in South Africa, we have 11 official languages. So, and his accomplice which was the calmer one could basically convince him okay we're out in the middle of nowhere here we don't have robe let's just take the stuff and go um, which they did thankfully so my friend and i were stuck 
in the middle, you know, it was like after, I think it was around 9 p.m. at night, in the middle of nowhere, in the dark. And we started running and we came to a road. And luckily, a fisherman came by in his pickup and he stopped for us and said, what are you doing out here? And we told him what happened. And my friend's brother-in-law was in the police. So he used this guy who stopped for us, his cell phone, and phoned his brother-in-law, told him what happened, gave him the description of my car. And while all this was going on, you know, I was like, well, maybe the guns were fake or, you know, because you try and calm yourself down and try, because it's a life-threatening event, you try and convince yourself, well, it's not as bad as, but the police did have a shootout with them the guns were real um i did get my car back it was a bit damaged but i did eventually get it back and the pivotal part for me happened about a week later because i was sitting in my car on a parking lot waiting to pick a friend up and another friend who didn't know what had happened to me try to prank me by creeping up on my car and hitting his hand down on my driver window. And of course, that just created this huge reaction in me. It felt like I couldn't breathe. I had heart palpitations. I had this rush of fear. And I thought to myself, okay, this is not how I want to live my life. My adult life is basically just starting. And that led me to go and see a therapist. You know, and he obviously diagnosed PST, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. And in that first consultation, they ask you, you know, what happened? They ask you about your childhood, your entire history. And when I had explained everything, my therapist said something to me that I feel was like such a light bulb moment because he said to me, Janine, if you had had a perfect childhood, you probably would have cried and begged and pleaded. And I don't know if you would have survived and if we would even be having this conversation right now. And in that moment... Isn't that interesting? In that moment, it was like that was the first little drop of gratitude that I'd ever felt, you know, for the events leading up to that, that I thought, okay, maybe there was a purpose because all throughout my childhood, I was like, why is my family so different? Why don't I have the kind of mother that's, you know, waiting at home with hot chocolate and freshly baked cookies, you know, <laughs> because you tend to compare with your, your friends and you see, well, this is a completely different scenario. And from there, that basically started this passion that I have for trauma because I was parented by a woman who had experienced trauma and unfortunately didn't receive help because back in the 70s, you know. So I know what it's like to be parented by someone who's experienced mm -hmm. trauma. I've experienced trauma myself. And I know for a fact that if it affects every single part of your life, how you parent, how you show up in relationships, how successful you'll be. So for me, because it affects so many different parts of your life, I thought this is something that I need to get all the information that I can on. And I started reading everything I could find. 
you know, life went on. I went into a corporate career and it was only a few years ago when one of my best friends was on his deathbed. He had developed cancer and they said to him, well, you know, we think two to three years and he was gone within six months, you know, and it was here in Germany and I was visiting him at hospice and he said something really amazing to me. He said, make sure you are doing what you love because I thought I would have more time. It goes and by so quickly. Yeah. And that sort of made me reassess my life and what I was actually doing because there's this test. Um, it sounds very morbid. It's called the gravestone test where basically they say, go forward to your death. And what would it say on your tombstone, you know, your gravestone? And at that point, mine would have said she made a big corporation, a lot of money. And I wasn't satisfied with that. So luckily, I have a very supportive husband and my children were, you know, a bit older. And I said to him, I just have this feeling that I need to change direction. And he said to me, well, I just want you to be happy. So what do you want to do? And I knew that I wanted to become a therapist. I knew that I wanted to specialize in trauma. And I knew that I wanted to work with women. Because as women, we always put ourselves lost, you know. We want to make sure that everyone else is okay. And mm -hmm. by the time we get to ourselves, there's just no gas left in the tank, you know. No, we always forget about ourselves. Yeah. So I then started this journey of getting licensed and going. I went to England. I went to Ireland. I went wherever I thought the best mentors were. And decided to have as many tools in my toolbox as possible because my core belief is you don't have to spend years in therapy. I want people to be able to shrink their timeline significantly and not have to talk about it for 10 years and hope that something happens. I, I take a, a more dynamic approach to therapy where this is also where I use um, regression hypnosis because when we just speak, we are engaging the logical part of the mind, the part of the mind that helps you decide what are you going to wear today, what are you going to eat for lunch, what show are you going to watch tonight, all of these things. But when we talk about trauma and unresolved emotional wounding, that's all part of the subconscious mind. And when we talk like this, the subconscious mind does not come into play. So with regression hypnosis, we can take the logical mind and put it to sleep and go directly to the subconscious mind and explore which emotions have not been processed properly. As you know, you can imagine as a trauma specialist, I hear the worst of the worst stories, women that have been raped, all kinds of awful things. But I always tell them, you know, broken bones heal cuts, bruises, with enough time, the body heals. But emotional wounding doesn't heal by itself. You have to actively engage to process that. So when we go straight to the source and we go and find out what emotions need to be processed, we can take 10 years and 
turned it into a couple of months. And so that a, is a, a couple things I want to backtrack a little bit from what you're saying. Um, so in that moment when, because of what you were saying with the trauma, you didn't have any physical inflictions on you or your friend, right? No. But a lot of emotional trauma. And so when you think of it in your mind, and I know it's hard to figure out because, but I know with trauma that you have visions of the episode in your mind. You have visions of hearing his voice, your visions of smelling, like was there any smells that you can remember? Was there, was it really hot outside and it just added to it? And what made you feel inclined to say, well, no, I'm not going to take my clothes off and you can just take my car kind of thing. You know, what do you think made the, his friend, the one that wasn't so vocal, change their mind? What, what do you think happened there? And what did your friend do at the same time? Were they the opposite of you, not being strong and just crying or? No. no. So my friend was standing at the bottom of this dune where they had parked the car. And he, he was in a, a very tough position because I'm up there with someone holding a gun to my head. He's down here with someone having a gun pointed at him. So what can you really do in that situation? This is not a situation that calls for bravado because we weren't armed. No. What were we going to do? If he did anything, they, he'd probably get shot on the spot. So I wasn't expecting him to do anything. Um, you know, the things that you talk about, the smell, the sounds and that, this is what we refer to as PTSD triggers. Yes. And this is the parts that we need to help our clients process because when you smell that familiar smell or you hear a sound that reminds you of the event, the part of the brain that processes trauma can't tell time. It just goes, ah, I know this. I recognize this. Big and it goes, ah. <laughs> and your amygdala, the part of you, which is like your alarm system, freaks out, right? So for me, when I got my car back and they had some of their belongings, like a lunch mm. tin, and, you know, in the radio, they had a, a cassette with their music that was quite an interesting experience because that proved to me it, this wasn't just a bad dream. This really happened, mm -hmm. you know, and I was in my car with my sister and she was sitting in the back seat and she's like, I just can't try and imagine you like sitting here in the back seat, like what was going through your mind. It, but in that moment, it's all so surreal you're just like, where are they taking us? What are they going to do? You know, all of that going through your mind. So it's difficult to explain it to other people because part of you is experiencing that. Part of you is trying to disassociate and try and be somewhere else mentally because it's expecting the worst case scenario, you know? Mm -hmm. So 
that is the part that we need to process and figure out which are the base emotions. Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it shame? There's so many emotions that come into play and say, okay, that's what we need to help the client process because that's the part that the mind is holding on to. Mm -hmm. The fact that he grabbed me on my arm, I didn't care about that. The fact that I thought I was going to die and had the thought it's going to take them forever to find my body here, that's the part that needs to be worked on. Well, the part that you don't know what they're going to do next and what was taking off all your clothes going to be next, you know, um, it sounds like they really didn't have a plan. Well, the plan was to rape me, maybe kill me and leave me there in the middle of nowhere. That is the plan. Otherwise, why would they take us there? Why would he drag me up the dune? Why would he put his gun to his head and tell me to take my clothes off? They did have a plan. But my reaction, I believe, was the catalyst in changing that because it went off script. It didn't Mm -hmm. go as they imagined it would go or maybe had gone in the past for them. I don't know if I had been the first victim or if they had tried that how many times. Right. Um, so that's why I say that reaction for me was such a pivotal point because that was sort of the thing that made them like, oh, what now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that was the point that my therapist was trying to highlight to me by saying, that reaction was from the resilience from your past experiences where you decided I'm going to stand up. If nobody has my back, I'm going to stand up for myself. That's so cool because uh, they must have been shocked and then looking at each other. So it was really good that the other person, the other guy with that was down below could change his mind also, right? Yeah. Because at that point, they realized, okay, like, what now? Are you going to shoot her? <laughs> like, how, how far are you willing to go with this? Or how, you know, are you bluffing? It brought them to the point where they had to take some sort of action. And luckily for me at that point, I mean, I was single. I didn't have any children. I could say that because there was nobody that was, you know, relying on me. What do you think would happen now when you have somebody uh, that you have many people that rely on you in your life? Hopefully it wouldn't, but if it did, if it were ever a point where my children were at home, I would do something. Because I mean, I would prepare, be prepared to take a bullet for my children. Mm -hmm. So I have thought about that often. And I'm a fighter by nature. You know, I, my entire life, I've had to fend for myself. So I think that is my default setting. I've never been one to, even in the height of emergency, I'm the one that is calm and follows through and I'll have the little breakdown later on, you know, when (laughs) everything has been sorted out. When it's, when it's calmer. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. No, I wanted to bring it back to that because it brought, me to what you've been working with clients now to um, because it is it's just like a car accident I, I mean you have down deep inside and you just keep on putting more and more dirt on it until 
all of those feelings and thoughts and processes finally fall into your feet. <laughs> yeah. But they're still there. They exactly. don't go away. You know, every experience that you have in your life creates a memory. And some of these memories are good, which is great. Some of them are not. And those that have emotional attachments to them are like baggage. Mm -hmm. And if you have this huge pile of baggage, nobody's going to clear it away. You have to go in there and decide what are the good memories that I want to hold on to and what are the things that I need to let go of because you couldn't imagine it's like a hamster on a wheel and your mind is trying to process this stuff and that little hamster is just running 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 and that actually takes a lot of your mental energy because half of your mind is trying to figure this all out and once you actually start actively taking um, these steps to work through that, that little hamster can finally stop running and it can take a break. And immediately you have so much of your mental energy back. A lot of my clients say, it's amazing. I feel like I'm 20 again. I wake up before my alarm. I feel like I'm so full of life. It's because that mental energy, that drain isn't happening anymore. Yeah, the mental drain is, I think, worse than the physical drain. Yeah, it's... because it, when you are in this tug of war with your own mind every single day, at some point it's got to give. It's like you can't do that forever and have a really good quality life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what um, what can you do for someone like yourself? Uh, say you had a client with the same situation. Um mm -hmm. You have to delve deep into those feelings. And and I, I think that's where a lot of people don't have the strength to dig up that stuff that hurt them so much. Well, my goal is to take the emotional charge away so that these painful life experiences can become neutral. Like the sky is blue, the grass is green, I survived a hijacking, kidnapping, and attempted rape. There's no emotional charge to it anymore because I've processed it. It doesn't have any power over me. So for me, it's important to help my clients identify the emotions that need to be worked through. And a lot of people are then scared of re, you know, reliving these events, but that's not what we do. We want to just go like two detectives and get that information. It's not about reliving. If I have a client, for instance, that gets attacked by a vicious dog and I take them back to that event in hypnosis, they don't feel that pain again. We're just looking at it as if it's a movie and saying, okay, there you felt this and that is what you felt and this is why you feel these things. And if they have active PTSD symptoms to help them to identify their triggers and to have tools on hand when something like that happens. But that's why I love regression hypnosis so much, because instead of talking about it and rummaging around in there and reliving it, we're going straight to the root cause saying this and this and this needs to be processed and we get working on it. We're not mm -hmm. going to sit and discuss it for 10 years because I think it's pointless. 
Yeah, and I find, well, in the past with counseling, it seems like that's what you keep on doing is you just keep on bringing it up and bringing it up. And it doesn't yeah. seem to, you don't want it to get a life again. You just, you want to yeah. experience it to be able to sweep it away. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, back in the day, and even when I went for therapy, it was a good few years ago. Back then, that was all we had. In the meantime, so many different modalities have come into play, like neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, you know, EFT tapping. There's so many things that we can now implement to help clients do that a lot quicker and in an active manner. Talking about it is very passive to me because you're actually just hashing it over and over again you're not doing anything to create a result mm -hmm. you know talking about things until the cows come home doesn't change anything no you know no in this industry you have to feel to heal and be able to do that you first have to acknowledge that you have this emotional wounding because you can't change what you're not willing to acknowledge and then decide okay how is the best way for me to get through this in a safe, effective manner as quickly as possible? And usually that is when you would go and seek someone to guide you on that journey. And I think it brings me to the point of sitting with a family or a friend that's dying. Mm -hmm. And why I say that, because um, if you're not, and I talk about this at many of the podcasts, but if you're not present in the moment to experience this journey and, and, and be there for that other person, whether they're dying or whether they're trying to recover from a tragedy um, or a disability or an injury or something like that, um, I find that if you're not present, which we talk about, because the things that take us away from being present are our fears and all of our things that we're stressed about at the moment. You know, I've had so many clients that have been calling me at that moment and saying, you know, my mom is passing away and I don't know where her bank accounts are, are, and I don't know where her investments are, and I don't know what she's done with her will, and I don't know where this is, and I don't know where that is. And I'll say it's too late. You, you can't mm -hmm. worry about that right now. And you're going to have so much regret, and it's almost created a trauma to yourself for later, because if you can't be present with the person and really feel like you've done everything that you could. You've said everything you wanted to say. You've heard everything you've wanted to hear before they are able to go. Um, then you're going to have trauma inflicted on yourself because you weren't prepared. Um, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Does that I think that people will certainly have regret because once that moment is passed, you can't rewind can't get it back. and go back. So I think that in any experience, that moment of being present is super important. And, 
you know, time is such a pres precious resource. You can make more money, but time, that is our most valuable resource, in my opinion. And to give someone your full attention and be fully present, I think is one of the greatest gifts available that you can give someone. Absolutely. I, I, I agree with you. Time is up there with for me as well. But I think love is is the f number one thing for me because you can't you can't change that and love and time kind of go yeah. hand in hand yeah well love lasts forever time unfortunately does not it's very limited yes yes it is so what could do you think there was any other um light bulb moment for you epiphany or moment that you know, you've been in this business a while now. Do you think it's you're you've changed from? Yes. I do think that I have changed and for the better because, you know, when we experience trauma, and I want to clarify trauma for a second. A lot of people, you know, when we talk about trauma, they think horrific car accidents, miscarriages, death. Yeah. And that is, it's what we in therapy call big T traumas. But a lot of people don't realize that having a parent that's emotionally unavailable or growing up in a home where you don't feel safe, those things are also traumatic experiences. And a lot of people, you know, I'll have women come to me and say, well, I was bullied for most of my life, but at least I wasn't raped. You know, sort of quantifying their experiences. And it's like being bullied for me, several years, that's a traumatic experience. But because people think it's normal or it happens to so many people, they don't realize that that counts as trauma. Mm -hmm. Right? So trauma is actually any experience where the mind feels threatened and where there is an absence of your own power, an absence of security or safety and the absence of love. So when you experience these things, especially as a young child, you know, if you have parents who have, you know, alcohol or drug abuse problems or that are violent or on the other side, just completely neglect you, or are narcissistic, a child doesn't say, what's wrong with my parent? Why are they like no. this? The child says, what's wrong with me? Why does my parent treat me like this? Why don't they love me unconditionally? Because the world teaches us that if anyone's going to love you unconditionally, it should be your parents. But when you grow up in a home where that is not available to you, that shows up later in life. It shows up in the kind of relationships that you're willing to accept and how you're going to be treated in those relationships. It shows up in your boundaries. Are you going to be a, please, a people pleaser because you've been trained your entire life? It's easier just to go along with whatever they want. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easier to give that drunk, violent parent what they want than to try and defend yourself. So this conditions our behavior and these show up later in life. 
So I work with a lot of female entrepreneurs. They'll come to me and say, you know, I know what I'm supposed to be doing in my business. I've spent thousands of dollars. I've listened to all the courses, all the online gurus. But when it comes to taking action, I can't do it. I self-sabotage. And I can then go and see where that started in their life. Because your mind wants to keep you safe. And if it feels that being visible, as an example, which is critical, especially in an online business, mm -hmm. if it feels that that is not safe for you, it's going to go out of its way to make sure that you're not visible. You will all of a sudden start having headaches or lose your voice or your technology will fail. Something will happen where you cannot follow through on your plan, even though you had every intention to. And then woman will come to me and say, why is this happening to me? Or they have their whole life going so well. They, they're managing everything so well. But then they're binge eating. Eating a whole pint of ice cream 10 o'clock at night when nobody can see them. They're that like, sounds like fun. <laughs> why is this happening to me? You know? And that is then my job to go and find out why is that happening to you? Why are you falling into these patterns of behavior that are actually taking you away from your goals instead of towards your goals? Because when you are fighting against yourself every single day, at some point you get tired and you're like, okay, well, obviously I was never meant to be successful. Obviously, I, this is just not for me. I'm not good enough. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. You're responding to a certain set of beliefs and conditioned behavior. And once you know what that pattern is, you can stop that cycle and change all of that. But you have to first go back and see where did this actually start? Why am I behaving like this? Well, I guess it's recognition of what you're actually doing, because I think the pattern just it's just making it somehow, especially for women, it makes you feel better. So you do it again. It makes you feel better. I'm not sure why it makes you feel better. Why does that pint of ice cream taste really good yeah. and make you feel better? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's self-soothing. You know, I, for instance, had a client who was, you know, having struggles with emotional eating, specifically binge eating. And she said to me, I, I've tried everything. This I just cannot figure this out. I said, okay, let's go and have a look. And we did regression hypnosis. And in her scenario, she did have an alcoholic father who, when he was, you know, came home drunk, he would go into a rage and he would actually physically assault her mother. And she was about four or five years old and he came home drunk her mother was pregnant he hit the mother she tried to go in between them to protect her mother and he said to her in that state you're so worthless I wish you had never been born wow. why are you even here so for her when the person who is supposed to protect you and love you turns on you and becomes the scariest person in your life as you can imagine that from her perspective as a four or five year old from there she started 
you know, thinking that this is the truth. But what would happen after these huge fights is her mother would try and comfort her and give her sweets, put her in her lap, stroke her hair, give her a chocolate or an ice cream, say it's all okay, it's all going to be better. So for her, when she feels overwhelmed or her boss makes her feel like she's not good enough or she has a fight with her husband, she wants to go back to that moment of comfort and recreate it or relive it. She can't climb into her mother's lap but she can definitely eat a chocolate or grab an ice cream. But we don't even happens. think about it. That's what's so crazy. No. It's totally unknown to us that, it's like that we just do it. You're on yeah. autopilot. Yeah. And when we could identify that pattern, I could explain it to her. She's like, oh, my God. And now she knows how to deal with a bad day at the office or an argument with her husband. She knows the solution does not lie at the bottom of an ice cream container because she knows that her worth is not connected to ice cream. You know, right. but you have to first be able to identify that and see how it's playing out. Because once mm -hmm. you do, it's like, oh my goodness. It's like when you've watched the end of the movie, you know how it's going to end. And then you know, okay, I feel this. Usually, I would be running towards this, but I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to phone a friend. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to journal. I'm going to meditate. It's replacing those negative autopilot behaviors with positive, helpful, empowering behaviors. But you first have to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. I find um, putting on that kitchen cupboard where you would go to or on the fridge some little messages on little recipe cards, um, something that means something to you. And that's what I stick on the fridge or the cupboard or on the mirror or when you're getting dressed or so that it can keep on triggering the positivity circle instead of going to the fridge and getting ice cream and thinking that it will make you feel better. Yeah, you know, affirmations are definitely great. Um, the work that I do is more about reprogramming neural pathways so that you don't have that autopilot. Because when someone is in that moment and they just want relief so badly, at that point, a lot of times the affirmation, they won't stop to read the card. Mm -hmm. It's too late for them. So with that process of using hypnosis you can actually reprogram their thinking so that they don't get to the point where they're actually even walking to the cupboard but you know affirmations i think are definitely a good starting point for people if they maybe can't afford to go and work with a therapist at the moment just to start the process of of the loop stopping yeah. that loop somehow yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Did you have any final notes, uh, messages for our listeners? Sure. So I would like to give your community, if they are interested, a free Heal Your Inner Child Hypnosis, which I believe is a good starting point for people who are interested in going on the healing journey. And this will show show you that it, it doesn't have to be scary or intimidating that 
whatever happened to you in your past is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility, especially if you are a parent or want to be a parent. I always tell my clients, your goal should be to give your children a childhood they don't need to heal from. And the best way to do that is to heal yourself so that you are parenting in the moment and not from these old wounds and being triggered on a daily basis and reacting to that. It's the reaction part. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I guess it's the realization first of what you're doing and then maybe the reaction of realizing that you are triggered by certain things and looking at what triggered you and so that you can start that healing process. Yeah, that awareness. Because mm -hmm. as I said before, you cannot change what you're not willing to acknowledge. And to acknowledge something, you have to first become aware that this is a problem. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part is that first step. I, I always talk about it if you're um, really suffering, any listeners out there that are really, really suffering out there um, that cannot find the light or have had something happen to them. Um, I always go back to my car accident when, when everything's fallen apart and I go in this black room, you feel like you're in a black, dark room and you're looking for a little speck of light that can that you can feel like you're alive again and when i found that door handle and that you could turn that door handle and see a little sliver of light around the door and then you can actually work on opening it and seeing the beautiful whatever that looks like for you outside of that door that you can walk through it's just it's just amazing, but it's such a struggle to get to that point, I find, in my past anyways. Well, I think that some people, especially people who know that they've experienced trauma, particularly in their childhood, they, a lot of them actively seek solutions because they know that this could and probably is um, causing some sort of problem or self-sabotaging behavior. It's people who don't realize that the years of bullying or having that parent that's not available to you, that that is actually a traumatic experience because the trauma isn't as obvious to them in the beginning. Yeah, it's those hidden little things that yeah. bullying is, is hidden. Um, yeah, yeah, it's all those little hidden things that you don't even know that affect you. I am yet to meet a person who has not experienced trauma in some way, shape or form, whether they know it's trauma or not. Every yeah. single person, even if they have parents who were amazing and tried their best, it will then be in the form of a teacher that tells them you're never gonna amount to anything or friends that bully them or someone doing something to them at some point. So I want people to realize that it's nothing to be ashamed of. Every single person has experienced trauma in some, some way. You know, mm -hmm. some of us are just more vocal about it because we want to make it normal for people to speak about it. Well, and understand it. Speak about it and, and really understand it because I think we don't 
really understand it in the moment. Um, I just wanted to, well, thank you. Thank you for that message. That's beautiful. And I'll, I will make sure that the link is down below in the description box for our listeners, both on our YouTube channel and our podcast. Um, thank you, Janine. Did you like to say anything to our German listeners? <laughs> you mean in German? Yep. Sure. Ich dass ihr da wart und ja, geh mal gucken auf meiner Webseite oder schreib mir mal einfach eine Nachricht. Ich bin auch auf Instagram. Ja, ich freue mich auf euch. Awesome. Uh, danke, danke. Um, so I would like to just make, our, not make our listeners, but have our listeners really understand what Janine is saying because when Janine was on the top of that mountain, <laughs> of that sand dune, and in the moment of, of that trauma, it's really a tragedy. It's in the moment of a tragedy because you could be in a wildfire, you could be in a car accident and just hit. It's that kind of that same kind of moment. Can you tell our listeners that you cannot think straight. Like, I don't know what happens to your head in the moment, but it's like when when you're in that accident and people say, oh, well, I can worry about all of my documents. I can worry about all of that stuff later. No, you can't. Because when something happens, I don't know what happens to your head, but it just disappears. And you go on that fear flight uh, kind of moment but you're not logically thinking. You're not like, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where your strength comes from. And I don't know, like you could have cried. You could have cried your eyes out. You could have screamed. You could have done many things. And, and even if you were to do it all over again, Janine, I don't think you would even maybe do the same thing. We don't know what we're going to do in the moment. No yeah. one can tell us, but in that moment, it, it, it just overcomes your whole body and your mind doesn't even think straight. And it's the same thing when someone is dying, you cannot think straight. And yeah. No, yeah, in, that, so. in that moment, your only thought is here is this most of the time life threatening situation. How do I survive? Mm -hmm. you know, it's like this, they talk about the lizard brain that kicks in and its only job is to keep you alive in that moment. So, right. So, yeah. well, thank you. That was beautiful and not a beautiful story. I'm sorry for your experience. Thank you. But look at where it's brought you today. And yeah. I'm sure you're hap happily helping healing many, many people. And I want to thank you for all that you do for helping people. Thank you. And thank you for providing this platform where people like me can hopefully inspire other people and create awareness and give them the courage to take that first step. Absolutely. It's, it's a tough step, people. This is tough step. But it feels so good when you actually do it. So I hope we've inspired each and every one of you. So please take a moment and subscribe to our channel. Um, maybe add a little bit of testimonial and some good reviews would be really super duper. And click on that bell and 
Our last guest, Paul, always makes me sing my song. Ring my bell, ring my bell, down there, down below. So you get notified of any upcoming podcasts or YouTube channel videos that we have coming on our channel. Um, no one is a Superman, so expect the unexpected. Stay tuned for our next podcast and our live stream on our YouTube channel. And for more great conversations, just like this one with wonderful Janine Worth, you can find all of her information down below in the description box. I hope that we've inspired you and motivated each and every one of our listeners to start thinking about your unique plan to get started on it today. Thank you for sharing your time uh, with us. And I love each and every one of you. I always end our show with Carol Burnett because she was just a wonderful, wonderful comedian. Do you know who Carol Burnett is, Janine? Yeah. Yeah, you loved her too. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch her when I was a little kid and she always had that thing with her ear. Yes, so. absolutely. Yeah. I'm so glad we had this time together just to have a laugh or sing a song. Seems we just get started, and before you know it, comes the time we have to say so long. So long, my wonderful listeners. So long till the next podcast. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay cool over the summer. And thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>